It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Everybody live from the uh, uh, coronavirus bunker uh, for both of us, I guess. Uh, it is uh, the Go Birds podcast. John Bartonelli, Shore Parks via the uh, the old phone, and uh, man, uh, we had uh, dialed this one up pretty quickly. As uh, I know, everybody was asking for Howie Roseman to do a lot of things today, and still a lot of conversation going on about Hargrave and uh, resigning Malcolm, or excuse me, not resigning Malcolm Jenkins, which is the big news. Uh, and uh, saying goodbye to him, and then having Jalen Mills reportedly uh, for a contract up to $5 million, and uh, Jeff McLean says that means uh, they are, or I guess that uh, in inferring he's going to go and play safety, but uh, man. Uh, yeah, I think that was Josina. Oh, was Josina it Josina Anderson. first? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Josina had all of that first, uh, and, um, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but um, I... Uh, I, I'm uh, I, I'm not really stunned because Elliot, you said, "Hey, this is this is the vibe that I'm getting right now," and um, I, I don't think a lot of people expected outside of Philadelphia that uh, this could happen, and especially in the way that they did it by not even uh, taking on the option this year, so the trade and everything's out. Um, I, I know this; you're, you're not into this for sure, right? Yeah. So let me. I, I honestly can't decide where to start, but let me start with by saying this to, to the to Eagles fans. Don't let this get spun by the team or by them like leaking to reporters that they wanted Malcolm back and this was about not being able to come to an agreement, but they really wanted him. Like if they wanted Malcolm back, Malcolm would be on the Eagles. Malcolm wanted to come back here. What Malcolm wanted and what he had earned was a fair deal for the market, right? And I know there's going to be a perception out there like, well, you can't give a 32-year-old safety $14 million a year. You can't give an older safety some outrageous number. Eagles fans have had the chance to watch Malcolm for, you know, I think six years now, right? He's never been or come across as an irrational guy. Like, does Malcolm, to anybody or, or to you, seem like somebody that would say, 
I want $14 million a year. If everyone else is saying he's actually worth, you know, 11 or 12, I find it very, very hard to believe that Malcolm's contract demands were uh, like, were way above what he was, what he, what he uh, was worth. Is there a chance that Malcolm wanted more than, you know, like what the Eagles were willing to give him? Yeah, obviously. But that's the Eagles fault. That's not Malcolm's fault. Malcolm came in last year when he wanted a new deal. He didn't hold out. He didn't cause a fuss. He was the best player on the defense. And now, as he said at the end of the season, he wanted a new deal. And I think that the Eagles tried to give it to him to a certain extent, but they clearly weren't willing to pay him what he was worth. Otherwise, he would be here. So the Eagles are making the decision to move on from Malcolm. And I really don't think there's any way to spin it as a smart decision, as a decision that makes his team better, or a decision that's somehow like building for the future. I think it's just a bad decision. I think that's really all it is. Uh, and now there's a lot of questions based off of that, and a lot of people turn to, well, why weren't they so much more in on Byron Jones, and why is he going to Miami for 16 and a half and on and on too? And I'll you know leave that for a little bit later here because we're talking about Malcolm, and you would think that that's part of the plan, or at least I surmise that's why they're in on that because they really want to be a part in in finding the ne- their next safety or corner or whatever. Uh, and granted, there's still a long way to go here, but uh, just with Malcolm Malone, I can't echo what you're saying enough here. And it's weird to me that, again, you can pay Jason Peters up to a, keep paying him up to a point and probably or more than likely now with Big V getting his big money in Detroit, like I fully suspect that Jason Peters is going to come back here uh, at some point. Mm, I don't uh, know about that. But, uh, uh, all right, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, but even so, uh, you have paid guys from the Super Bowl to say thank you, basically. You did everything, including not trade Nick Foles for value at all. And I know you got the comp pick and whatever, but I, you know, you could have done better. And you paid him and you rewarded him and you're rewarding all these people around your locker room. And for a guy that went through everything in the shit with you, including Chip Kelly and that whole thing, and he, he was probably one of the only guys that was trying to hold that locker room together along with Jason Kelsey for a long time. He has gone through the ups and downs of this organization uh, for the most part. I know he is, you know, his stances politically have rubbed people the wrong way, but he's still been just firm on his stance. And I always thought that, you know, he wasn't really pushing in anybody's business. He was just making everybody wear and he took a lot of crap on both sides for that as well uh you know and i guess that's that's not really a football point i'm just saying malcolm jenkins was never afraid to be the voice of anybody if he felt that they needed it including a spokesperson for the team forever forever on this thing and um when, you know, when, when other people wouldn't speak up absolutely too, interrupt but like when you when you look at all the things that have gone on in the nfl i mean even when the eagles won the super bowl and the whole white house thing right i mean I didn't really hear Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman or Doug Peterson standing up and, you know, giving their honest opinion on it and all those things. And you can debate whether it's the right or the wrong decision. And, you know, that's obviously a whole political debate and all that. But my point is that when there's when there's had to be tough conversations regarding the Eagles, Malcolm has been the voice of that. And, And that's important. Right. Like and I think you hit the nail on the head about that. And it is important. But I also just think like it it. There's so many ways it's a bad decision, but really just the, the most simple way and the way where it just looks the worst 
is that Malcolm was the team's best defender last year. Malcolm has arguably been their best player, right, over the last five years. I mean, Carson was really good in 2017. We all know how good Fletcher Cox has been. Like, there's other guys. But when you talk about being just the best player for over a stretch of time, that was Malcolm. And I don't see – I get that he's 32, but he has shown no signs of slowing down. So I I just don't see – any rationale in, in doing this. Like, I just, I, you know, like normally when Howie makes moves, you can say, okay, well, you know, I can see, I can see what his reasoning was. The only thing I can see here is age, but I I don't think that's a good enough reason to, to let go of what they let walk out the door. Yeah. Especially when they're as of now anyway, and we don't know their plans. And the only thing that everybody kept talking about, you know, getting to this offseason is debating what this team was and where it's going to go and it's going to look different. And I think retooling got thrown out there a lot of the time. But this isn't, again, this is not retooling. This is rebuilding. If you are getting rid of Malcolm Jenkins and you are going into, you know, uh, Jalen Mills mode and let's see if he can go play safety. And, yeah, I'm sure they're uh, still going to bring in. uh, They're not just going to be satisfied with, uh, you know, with that, I'm sure Rodney will come back, or you know, they'll they'll find somebody in mm-hmm. this market. Uh, I don't know. I'm not as sure about Rodney as I used to be. Oh wow! Ahead. I think okay. it could still happen. Okay. I think I think I think that it could still happen, but I mean, I don't know. They've been negotiating, and it still isn't done. So <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. they have that's the money. Fair. I yes, you know, I think it's never. That's never a good sign. But go ahead. Uh, but um, you know, and this is along the lines of why I'm happy they passed on Byron Jones because just. Just keep firing in the draft here, you know, until the next big thing can come along. Like this was, this was getting. I mean, this whole this whole idea that this is happening during you know what's going on with the world's problems is another thing too. But like this is, man, this was chaotic from the jump with you know whatever the Texans continue and have been doing, and uh, you know the the value all over the place and just people wanting to go 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 here. Um, that's why it's, I, I guess, so confusing, at least still to me, as the things keep moving right along. Like Jordan Howard now is, is uh, I thought, might be an option. And, you know, the Dolphins keep spending money for $10-plus million there and, you know, so on and so on and so on here. So I, I think this is just they're telling you everything. We are concentrating on the draft. That is where we're going to go. Along the way, we are obviously going to find, you know, the Perrimans of the world, and we'll find a veteran safety. Maybe we'll find, uh, you know, uh, maybe we will trade a small something for Trufant and have that $10 million here, and that will be the, the veteran corner or we'll piss everybody off and, you know, uh, trade for Slay and, and on and, and right, on and on and here. Rightfully but, so. It yeah. is, and rightfully so, it should make people mad. I mean, I think, I think there is this perception sometimes with Howie, like if so he doesn't trade for Jadavion Clowney or he doesn't, uh, you know, make a move for Stefan Diggs. And it's like, well, he didn't get Stefan Diggs, but Amari Cooper's still out there. Like he didn't get Jadavion Clowney, but maybe, you know, he has no, like th- there, I think it's time to realize like when it comes to Howie, there isn't always that trick up his sleeve, right? Like ha- Howie is not a guy over the last, really since he traded up for Carson Wentz that has shown that he has, like a, a a backup plan if things don't really work or, or like he's working on something bigger while other things are going on. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, and Amari Cooper were all available yesterday and how he didn't get any of them for a team that's extremely needy at receiver, right? We all know the pass is an issue. He didn't trade for Jadavion Clowney last year. 
even last year, and it proved to be the right decision, but the point stands, when the Eagles needed a receiver, he did his homework on Antonio Brown, and, like, that didn't happen, right? I'm just, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, yeah, he'll probably sign Prashad Perryman, or he'll draft a corner in the second round, or they'll do something like that, but Howie has been consistently shopping in the bargain bin, and that's how you get to five and seven two years in a row, right? I mean, yeah. I, this idea that Howie has a trick up his sleeve – Maybe it'll happen just so, you know, I can get old takes exposed on the pod. But, like, <laughs> when's the last time he pulled that trick out of his sleeve? Like, yeah, Golden it, Tate for a third-round pick? Right. I mean, that, when's the last time he was ultra-aggressive? Uh, well, we keep asking about it, and we keep saying, like, this is what he wants to do, and this was the hype that was, you know, it, it rolled right around it. It was made for today. I mean, everybody was saying it. Berman was saying it. It's like, hey, the, you know, the, the, here he comes. They're going to be really aggressive here, and, uh, you know, all in. They're all on this guy. They're going to find this guy. They're going to do this. They're, oh, there's a whopper coming. Joe Banner's teasing all these different things. Howie Roseman's name's not right. mentioned. It just doesn't come up. I'm with you. Like, I think it's uh, – I, I, and it's because we don't know the direction. And uh, and I'm with uh, – certainly with Elliot on, on a bunch of things here. And I want to make sure I point this out. And you said, you know, maybe they can, you know, finagle, and this is why you go five and seven and setting all these different things up. If you didn't have Malcolm Jenkins here in these last two seasons, I don't know if you get to the playoffs at all. I don't know if that run yeah. exists. I don't know if any of that stuff happens because he was part of those turnarounds every single time. He was vocal about it. I mean, you you signed a guy that basically bashed him on national television and he had to go and defend himself. And it left your locker room like vulnerable after that. Like you have And I didn't I didn't hear I didn't hear how he's sticking up for him then. Right? Now, I mean, unless I'm missing it, it right? I I don't remember during that time either. Like I'm I'm this doesn't hurt like Dawkins. Nothing will ever feel that way, but this is going to feel like trying to find that next replacement there too. And and I don't. I I've never viewed him as a saint because it's so long ago, and I don't even think Saints fans would even view him as a saint at this point. It was one of the best free agency signings that Howie Roseman slash Chip Kelly who has ever done. You know, and that's that's part of it. It's part of getting Darren Sproles here, and it's just. Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge mistake, and yes, you always have to move on from people. I understand that, but uh, is he losing a couple of steps? Absolutely, is to a point where like it's detrimental to your defense. Hasn't happened yet. It doesn't. I, I'm I, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, Ali. Well, and that's my thing is you know what you just said about how he how he's losing a few steps, and that's kind of you know a perception, I guess. And you talk about him slowing down, but like, can anybody point to a time where that's hurt him i mean alvin Kamara beat him one-on-one two years ago in the flat like okay alvin Kamara beats a lot of people in the flat but, like <laughs> i can't think of a time or it wasn't a flat sorry it was on the wheel route for a touchdown but like i i can't think of a time where i've watched this team and said man malcolm just looks slow out there like maybe they've had to mask it a little and i think there's probably some of that but if that's the worst thing in the world, like good luck finding a flawless safety that you're not going to mask any of his, his issues. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he messed up against the Vikings where he bit on something and Rasul got beat. That happens. Like Malcolm is not a perfect player. There are no perfect players out there, but what Malcolm is, is incredibly consistent and in a team that's had serious issues with consistency, both in play and in terms of guys staying healthy. And he was a, he was the leader. So look, they've moved on from um, the, the plan is to figure out what now, but I just, it, I don't want to see this get spun into like, you know, oh, Malcolm wanted more money than he was worth. They're like, oh, the Eagles are doing this. Like, no, this is just a bad decision. This is just the Eagles messed the situation up. They should have paid him last year. Now it just 
it's it's not a good decision. And I, I was curious about something that I saw uh, John McMullen and Les Bowen going back and forth here a little bit and, and seeing their perspective on this thing too. And I wonder if you feel the same because it seems to be the vibe in the media room sometimes where they're going, you know, the Eagles uh, care way too much about what they, I guess, are, are how smart they look towards the rest mm -hmm. of the NFL and maybe even some of the media. Do you think that really is truly a thing? I think that I, I did see that tweet by McMullen and I thought it was an interesting point. Yeah. Um, I think that when it comes to certain things, like when I, I guess I would say I mostly agree. Um, I think the Eagles overthink things sometimes. Like this is a good example. Like Malcolm's 32. Oh, we better, we better get younger. Like, yeah, you can get younger without moving on from your best player, right? right like, so right. I, I think that there is some truth to that uh, for sure. Uh, and, and the other thing I'm thinking is, is there, are, are we allowed to just wait a little longer to see where this kind of ends up playing out? Or is this just a mistake altogether? Like if they're packaging together something and they're going after a safety that we're not necessarily thinking of, on another team, you know, uh, maybe it's a, a Tim Jernigan-esque type of move for a safety. I don't know who that would be off the top of my head. You know, is is that possible, or do you think that that is not on the horizon at this point? I, anything is possible, but I don't think they've done anything over the last three years to make you think that they're going to do anything more than patchwork this together. They'll, uh, you know, they'll make a trade. Timmy Jernigan's actually probably a perfect example. They swapped third-round picks for him. He was yeah. a pretty good player for part of the time, was an injured player, inconsistent, in and out, right? Like, I think that's what you're going to get. So um, the question is, how do they do it? I mean, maybe Anthony Harris from Minnesota, he's very good. He could potentially be an option. But again, when's the last time they landed the big fish? So I, I think, like, you know, Brashad Perryman's a possibility. Um, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. I, I don't know what they'll do at safety. But, yeah, I think it's going to be patchwork. Yeah, that's what I think it's going to be. Uh, and and buckle in for a bumpy ride if that's the case. And uh, this is another reason why you know, like all the talk about Justin Jefferson and wide receiver, and even that, like, don't be convinced of any of these things. I mean, this was all the hype around. Like, they're going, they're hyper focused on wide receiver, and I, I just as we got closer to this thing, it didn't feel like that. Like it felt like they were going to not be as serious about Byron Jones. You and I had talked about that for a couple of uh, episodes for sure. Uh, I th you know, we, on the radio, I think we had kind of even mentioned that too. I know James kind of changed his mind overall about, you know, Byron Jones being here. Um, uh, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on how that kind of finally, uh, you know, evolved and we'll get to Hargrave and, and stuff in a, in a second here. I couldn't be happier that Byron Jones is not here. Uh, so I, yeah. I think they dodged a, I think you even said in the text thread, they dodged a bullet and that's how exactly how I felt. Yeah. And I'll say too, I like the Hargrave signing. So I, I've been negative about Jenkins, but I, I do like the Hargrave signing. Um, but Byron Jones, yeah, I agree. I think they dodged a bullet. Um, I think they tried to get him. They didn't get him. Uh, I don't blame Byron for picking Miami. Uh, you know, no state income tax, right. a lot less pressure there, all those things. Like I could see how there's a, a way of life, it'll be better for him in Miami than it would be coming here with the weight of the world on his shoulders. So uh, I don't blame him for picking Miami. Um, but look, if, the, if this was truly the Eagles' plan A, and that's every the perception I got from talking to people at the Combine, that's what Adam Kaplan said, who I know is very well connected. Yeah. So I, I think they wanted Byron Jones. And now that they don't have him, what's next, right? So you see James Bradbury come off the board. And I, I think it was good they missed out on Byron. But my point is, 
whatever their plan was, you know, it's, it's had to veer. Like Howie said with Angelo, uh, actually during the combine on an interview, you know, we have a plan A, a plan B and a plan C, and I don't want to get to plan C. Well, you're one step away from being there at corner, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Well, and and let's talk about that for a second too. I uh, I thought the money was very peculiar on why Jalen Mills would have taken a very soft one year deal. You know, this is more or less, I guess. Let's uh, let's try and go get more next year and prove that I can play safety a little bit. But really, I'm a corner. Like, um, is that a you know is that a thing that's going to be spun into? Actually, it was just a really soft market, and he didn't have a lot of options. Even the his old, you know, DB coach didn't want him type of thing. Or uh, what? What do you, what do you make of just a one year deal and him coming back here? Mm, so I think Mal. Uh, sorry, not Malcolm. Jalen having not a great market isn't surprising since he missed almost a full calendar year with the foot injury. Uh, I thought he played well when he came back last year. You saw the defense kind of turn around when he came back. I think he he brings some of the stuff Malcolm does just in terms of, you know, he's a really good locker room guy. He, he's younger than Malcolm. So uh, I don't know if he'll bring that same leadership quality. Maybe he can step into it, but he, he's a similar type thing. Like I could see, I could see Jalen being the guy that breaks the huddle down before games. Like that's a role I think he can step into naturally. Um, in terms of moving him to safety, uh, he has great football knowledge. I know that's something Corey Unlin really always, always liked about him. I guess Corey didn't, you know, like it that much since he's not in Detroit. But I know that's one thing he he always talked about with the him. So everyone's always said Jalen could be a safety. We'll see. I personally think if your plan is to replace either Malcolm or Rodney with Jalen Mills, to me that's a recipe for disaster. That, and that's not even a shot at Jalen. It's just like Rodney and Malcolm were one of the best safety duos in the league last year, yeah. just in terms of production and what they did. So asking uh, Jalen to move into that role. I think it's just going to be extremely hard for any player. And I know how, how fans already feel about Jalen, so I'm sure people are skeptical of it. But I just – I think that's a mistake. I, I would have just played him at corner. I, I mean, he has the experience of the position. Uh, and that's – so that doesn't really warn me either. I always thought that was going to be his best position in the NFL eventually. I know that there were a lot of people that were with me on that. Uh, this is why I never screamed for Razul to transfer to safety. And, and again, this is your answer on it is because of those same things. And Jalen doesn't have any straight line speed, but he's got way more agility than Razul Douglas does, uh, or at least it does on tape. It might not be and look like that, you know, on his spider chart or whatever, but I think he can play the position pretty well. Uh, I don't know if it's now again, that's, Jalen Mills style, like I, I think he can play pretty well in the same way that, uh, you know, he can play corner in the same way. And you're probably hearing that and going, "Oh my God!" Then he's going to be a terrible safety. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's got uh, definitely the attitude and all that to play safety. And you know, uh, he's everything that you need. It's everything that Jim Short's like in the whole boring. Uh, coach speak of you know the the heart and the leadership and the competitiveness and that doesn't let everything get us down or what, whatever like he is a great voice for whatever's transitioning in there even if it's only for a temporary amount of time and um maybe this is my, my theory on this was l- let's everybody test this out for a year uh you know there's still a, a market for you as a corner you can still come back here but if you play safety really well Maybe he wants to bet on himself and, and get a longer contract for, you know, the next season. That's how I kind of see the other side of those things, too. Um, but one thing's for sure is just this 
I don't, Elliot, don't you think this is just going to be a really, really bumpy ride this entire season? Because uh, who, who knows what the hell is going to come, but it just, and granted, we don't even know uh, the delays with football and training camp and everything, but uh, this is going to be a, a, a very weird NFL season just from, I think, the transitioning what the Eagles are doing alone here. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a weird time overall. So I think it's, you know, it's certainly going to be an interesting next few months. Um, let's talk about Hargrave real quick before we talk big picture. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like the Hargrave signing. Uh, I think that, you know, I like the idea of investing in the defensive line. I think that it was a need. I'd said it was a bigger need than corner. And I think you could argue it's a bigger need than receiver. I would probably still lean receiver, but the defensive line was an issue last year. They, in a lot of games got no pressure. They have basically, they had basically nothing at defensive tackle after Malik Jackson went down and Malik Jackson's coming off a huge foot injury. Yeah. So I think he's a question mark. Uh, Fletcher's going to be 30. He took, looks like he took a step back last year. I think Hargrave can step in and be their best defensive tackle next year. He's a really good pass rusher, good against the run. Uh, it's, you know, it's a little head scratching when you get an alert from Schefter and it says they signed a nose tackle. <laughs> yeah. Like that was definitely yes. like weird. Yeah. But when, when you, when you move past that, uh, I, I really like the signing and I think for the money it's, it's expensive, but it's not outrageous. So it's it's a lot like Malik Jackson signing, and I, I think it was a good move. Yeah, I think it was a uh, a really good move, and, and like I had said when it happened, like I I know he's a good player just in passing and watching you know Baldy uh, break him down from last off season for five straight minutes to really understand you know how versatile he can be. Uh, in uh, in anything that he really does, you know, whether it's you know zero uh, one th- or zero one or three, you know, or yeah, yeah, I'm saying that right uh, mm-hmm. in, in that tech, and you know, I know people floated out that well, you can get Malik, it can be an outside rusher, and you can move Brandon Graham in, you can do all these you know funky different things, and we'll see how that happens. My uh, the, the <laughs> that was actually generally my first reaction is uh, is Malik Jackson okay, uh, and if so. Okay, great, and then everybody kind of got upset about how much money they're investing in defensive tackles. But again, this guy is, uh, man, uh, you know, everybody is, and just like you said, Elliot, everybody kind of is pointing to the fact of, well, the, you don't have a great secondary, and that's why you're not getting the sacks because look, the pressure's coming, the pressure's coming, and and trust me, I understand, and especially I think you and I have gotten into arguments about pressures versus sacks or whatever, but you can't look at that defensive line. Uh, really, until like maybe the the latter half of the season, and say, "Wow, look at all those those killer rushes they had, and man, that quarterback just escaped or whatever." Uh, it, you know, you know when there's a, a deadly pass uh, pass rush attack, and the Eagles didn't have that. Hargrave provides that for you, and if the DN market, you know, is not great, which it which it isn't, and if you're trying to decide whether or not you would want to even venture to Clowney or all those guys, like this is a this is a, a, a permanent disruption, at least from for my eyes, that can be between him and Fletcher Cox, where Fletch, you know, can take some double teams off, and you know, you can do some really funky things with him and Brandon Graham. Um, yeah, I think it's exactly what Jim Schwartz needs, and to get away from trying to blitz, and now he's going to have to bl- blitz even less because Malcolm Jenkins isn't here. <laughs> like there aren't right. a lot of guys that he can be able to trust here. So I think th- that's kind of correlating, at least for me, Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I mean, you know, how he likes to say when, when, when we, when we talked to him, we said it last year at the owner's meeting, I forget what the position was at the time. Maybe it was running back and, they, and I guess they went and got Jordan Howard, but how he really likes to point out 
that they're always evaluating. They're always looking to make moves. And yeah. the example he'll use is, you know, uh, the Super Bowl year, they got LeGarrette Blunt late in free agency. They got Jay Ajayi at the trade deadline, and obviously we all know how that worked out. So the, that's what their spin will be as, as they, you know, aren't very active or they'll, they'll sign, again, like a Brashad Perryman or somebody like that. The spin will be, well, we have lots of time to fix the roster. Well, what's, the, what's been happening the last two years? Like, like why, why has your roster always basically – been been fairly flawed right i mean so uh, this idea that they're going to fix the roster to me I, i've kind of stopped believing it um yeah. and so it'll it'll be interesting to see but you're right like losing malcolm impacts a lot of things um you know how much you blitz and all that stuff so look i'm just interested what their next move is because i really think this malcolm thing is going to change perception about how people view this team and they better be careful with what their next move is because this is not trending in a good direction. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, like I said before, if um, there was some hope that maybe Jordan Howard could come back, and uh, he got paid a, a decent amount of money down in Miami, um, there was at least some rumors around, and this was kind of exciting me at least uh, for a little bit here, Elliot. With you know, uh, Matt Breida could being an option as you know the Forty ers were basically keeping every running back that they had, uh, and so you thought, and as a restricted free agent. You didn't think there was going to be a huge tender on him, but they put actually put a second-round tender on him uh, as we're sitting here recording this, so I'm crossing his name off the list too. So uh, uh, whatever, they're going to have uh, Jimmy G, I guess, not not throw the football and go with five running backs on the field at one time or whatever they're doing over there. But um, uh, what would you like the Eagles to take care of next or at least like – I guess safety is probably on everybody's mind, and uh, we've been talking about that uh, certainly. But besides a Malcolm Jenkins replacement, what does this team need uh, right now before uh, you know uh, noon tomorrow? I guess. Uh, to me, I think they really need to have a veteran receiver. Um, I know that they're going to try to address it in the draft. We'll see if they'll, if they're able to do that. Um, but you can't go in the next year with you know, let's say Henry Ruggs falls to them, which would be amazing. People would be excited about it. He's a great prospect. You can't count on whatever your first round pick is to, to be an instant impact every down player. Like right. you want him to be. He should be able to start. He should be able to contribute. All those things, right? But you need to bring in a receiver so that next year you don't go with JJ Arcega Whiteside. Uh, yeah, I guess the rookie, and then maybe Greg Ward, or I guess it would be Deshaun actually. But you you need someone else there that you can have take the weight off of the, off of a rookie that you would take early. So I like I said, I would like Robbie Anderson. Um, and I, I think that that's just to me receiver is a position they need to address. Yeah, um, uh, I, I would uh, I would feel pretty comfortable about Robbie Anderson at this point too. Um, uh, and there is man, there's just a lot of things that are going off the board uh, even as we're talking here. So uh, yeah, uh, Jason Witten, I didn't even see this is I guess going to uh, maintain and hang out with the uh, his career with the Raiders. So good for him. Um, uh, do you? Do you and speaking of wide receiver, I guess that's what I want to address lastly with you here. You know, Stefan Diggs. Uh, people, some people started freaking out about the price that Buffalo paid to go and get him, uh, and they looked at the price tag of Amari Cooper and they're like, "Oh my God, that's way too much." Uh, I I don't think either of those things were first of all. Um, and then where do you put the the blame uh, or not blame, I guess, on the rest of the league, including Howie Roseman, not being in on that DeAndre Hopkins deal or whatever the hell was going on with the Texans. Like, do do you think that that's a knock at Howie at this point? 
a knock on Howie that he's not making the moves? Yeah, like on on any of those things. And Amari was always a long shot anyway. But specifically with the two trades, should should well, Howie get a little what, criticized for that? Yeah, well, because what's interesting to me is, uh, you know, um, Josh Allen, the Bills went out and got him a, a stud receiver, and Stephon Diggs, the Cardinals got Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, the Cowboys got Dak Prescott, or they kept, I guess, Amari for him. And I also thought it was pretty perfect that the report was the other team in the NFC East with a young quarterback that they're trying to help that was out, out trying to get Amari was Washington. Wasn't even the Eagles. Whoa, right? whoa, whoa, so whoa! Breaking, 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 breaking news! Breaking news! Um, uh, we got our okay. answer at safety. The Eagles are in fact bringing back Rodney McLeod. This is for our Ian Rappaport. Uh, right now, yeah. uh, we will I, keep yeah. keep you updated on terms. Uh, if you had to guess right now, I'd say that's just a, another one year deal. I, that's what that's what my guess is. No, no way. I mean, maybe. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the pod, I know they've been negotiating for a while. Um, you know, I was skeptical. I was starting to become skeptical it was going to happen just because I know they were negotiating. But like I, like I said on previous pods, my my idea was they wanted him. There was a lot of interest in him, so I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be just a uh, one year deal. I, I think it'll be more than that. Oh, interesting. Okay, so uh, so there you are. Your safety tandem, at least as of now, Rodney McLeod and uh, <laughs> Jalen Mills, as uh, both from uh, Ian Rappaport and of course. Uh, the, uh, I, I, man, uh, okay. So that makes me feel a little, uh, a little bit better, at least uh, towards that. It's just now you just got to find, uh, corners and the rest there. Sorry. Uh, we will keep you updated with, uh, with the, uh, years as it comes along here. But, um, I, I was, I, I think it's odd that they weren't in or at least willing to, to try and match or pay whatever the Vikings were dolling out for, for Stefan Diggs. That seems relatively cheap to me for a guy that's you know already under contract and uh, has beaten your pants off pretty, practically almost every time have you seen him here too so i don't know i i'm um, i'm a little i'm a little miffed that uh that neither one of those happened but uh, the the texans thing i don't think you can put on howie because bill o'brien's just a crazy person and i'm finally realizing what it was like to look on the outside uh from chip here I, I don't know. I don't know if you can't put that on Howie. I mean, you, it's not like I'm blaming Howie more than other general managers, and maybe something was going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of, but I don't think Bill O'Brien just decided to trade DeAndre Hopkins that morning, right? I mean, you saw on NFL Network yeah. that they, that, um, you know, I believe it was not Daniel Jeremiah, but one of the reporters on there basically said they had heard at the Combine DeAndre Hopkins was available. The Eagles pride themselves on being well-informed on what's going around the league and always checking in on things. So I would be surprised if Howie was blown away and didn't know that. Um, I, don't, I don't think he deserves more blame than other general managers do, but the Eagles do have a big need at receiver. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's fair to, to be critical of Howie for not doing that. Um, Razul Douglas weighing in on uh, the fact that they have uh, released Malcolm Jenkins which uh, with a simple what the fuck. Uh, just saw that Nigel right. Bradham quote tweets that and just says unreal. Um, so obviously some of those guys probably and uh, you know that's that's uh, uh, that's part of this too is just like how much that's going to affect the locker room. Looks like two more years for Ryan uh, McLeod and uh, that's coming from Derek Gunn first and then the Eagles have just announced it now. So that means Elliot Shore Parks has to hop off and go write some things. Let's let him go do that. Unfortunately, uh, we yeah. will uh, we will be. Uh, crushing the rest of everything that is coming along here uh any quick final thoughts there e 
Howie season. You know what it is. <laughs> Howie season is underway. It finally Everyone came. Everyone loves it. Exciting times. <laughs> Merry Christmas Eve. Thanks, buddy. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Everybody stay safe. Wash your hands. Uh, please be safe out there. And uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. Right here on the Go Birds Podcast, Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs>